0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed.
1: Dave Chappelle did a secret show at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles Thursday night. This guy just cannot stop. Right. Takes a, takes a beating.
0: I mean, how much security would he have in front of him for that?
1: This time he was joined on stage by Chris Rock. Oh. These two are like a duo now, like a comedy act. <laughs> um... Dave turned to Chris and he said, Well, at least you got smacked by somebody of repute. (laughs) I got smacked by a homeless guy with leaves in his hair. (laughs) Now, Rock is... uh, Because if you remember, when Chappelle got taken down by that guy, uh, Rock hopped on stage as well as Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx hopping on stage to try to defend Chappelle... Chris joined him after because, of course, he's not getting on any stage where any lunatic is running right, after him yeah. anymore. Um, but he made the crack about, uh, I "Was didn't, that Will Smith?" I didn't know Will Smith was here. Yeah. You know. Anyhow, he's uh, he's not holding back. It's uh, I guess he's ready to uh, talk about it because he turned to Dave after Dave made the comment about it being smacked by a homeless guy, and Rock said, "Well, I got smacked by the softest N word that ever rapped."
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Then, as Chappelle goes on to say, he convinced security to let him confront his attacker. He said the guy appeared to be mentally ill. Mm. So. Uh, that's probably why maybe no charges were pressed against him, or, or have they? I'm not sure. Uh, I think so. I think they had to
0: go straighten his arm back into the right position first, right.
1: though. Right, of course. Now, speaking of comedians stepping up and defending themselves, you know, Pete Davidson has been so quiet with all the Kanye stuff and all the shots Kanye has been taking at him. He's finally uh, punching back. He's uh, part of this Netflix is a joke festival thing that where Chappelle got attacked. And uh, now he's saying um, that uh, he secretly hopes that Kanye pulls a Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> and comes and moves into the house. So
0: the he can house. See.
1: Yeah, so I guess maybe Pete has moved in with Kim.
0: And uh, so. It's amazing that he would still kind of flaunt it. Right, or or at least go public hmm. with anything about it. he wouldn't just kind of take the high road and just you know be quiet you know if you're love with or good, you know go on your about your yeah. day, you're gonna do your public appearances or what, just you know smile, take your pictures and and you know go back to the house, yeah, you know, and find one of the thirty bedrooms to go chill out in. And amazing that he would still fan the flames. And get going with it all. Or maybe it's all just an act. Like we found out last week uh, how, you know, was it Ray J saying, you know, like Kim and her mom mm-hmm. were completely involved with the release of that sex tape. It was all orchestrated. Sure. In all how it was done. And just to raise more attention.
1: Oh, yeah. The Kardashians don't shy away from any of that. That's for sure. He went on about how uh, Kanye had accused him of having AIDS. So he said, well, Kanye's a brilliant guy. Maybe I do. Maybe he knows something I don't know. know, So I went to the doctor. The doctor turns out says he doesn't have AIDS. He just looks like he does. (laughs) (laughs) John Mulaney told Pete Davidson, you should tell everybody that Kanye's got polio. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's jumping in now. Uh, Fred Savage has been fired from the New Wonder Years. Wow. He was brought on as a director and executive producer. He always seemed like such a nice guy. Right? Maybe not. He's been accused of um, uh, uh, some misconduct on the set. Is he going after Winnie Cooper? Uh, He might be. Better not. Verbal outbursts and inappropriate behavior. Oh, wow. And this isn't the first time for Fred. Supposedly back on a show called The Grinder back in 2018... A, a person who worked on the set claimed that uh, he hit her on the arm and yelled at her Holy and made no. the set a hostile environment for women.
0: People still bugging him about his mole like <laughs> Austin Powers?
1: Yes, <laughs> he's had enough. <laughs> Savage just isn't the name, I guess. No.
0: Yeah, crazy.
1: And speaking of crazy, Tom Cruise. Oh, I, I know you're a big fan, love his movies, but uh-huh. there is a big hint of crazy in that boy. But uh, I guess he is. Uh, he has uh, not been happy with uh, some of the production on uh, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, because uh, 21 Pilots were brought on to do some of the soundtrack. Okay. And while they were uh, in studio or doing whatever they were doing to uh, supply music for that soundtrack, Tom Cruise just came in and fired everybody. No kidding. They were gone. And that's Lady Gaga, I think, has a song now on the soundtrack. So. And more fights. Everybody in Hollywood's having fights. Leo DiCaprio is fighting with the president of Brazil. Oh. You know, Leo's very much an environmentalist. Right. And wants the Amazon uh, rainforest protected, and he doesn't feel like the current Brazilian president. Is doing all he can to protect that rainforest.
0: He's going to fly it on his private jet
1: and yeah, box yeah. him. He's just, I think he's just concerned about uh, getting his own um, Giselle Buncheon one day. Afraid yeah. <laughs> <It's a> <laughs> that, much like the rainforest, <laughs> those supermodels are disappearing. Uh, there's a uh, TikTok video going viral where a uh, grocery store shopper is asking for the proper etiquette when it comes to the little dividers for the uh, conveyor belt at checkout. Okay. The question is, whose job is it to place that divider? Do you put it at the end of your groceries when you're finished putting them up? Or does the person behind you place the divider before you start putting the groceries uh,
0: behind yours? Well, I would say you put it at the end of yours to indicate uh, when... You are done Mm -hmm. and open it up for the next person if you're a decent human being.
1: I, in the past, pre-COVID or pre-COVID, yes, I would uh, do that. I'd acknowledge that here's the divider. They'd say, thank you. and Come on up. Come on up. Now, though, even though the dividers are back, I haven't gone back to touching them. So uh, I now just stand at the end of the conveyor belt and I wait for the other person to be completely done then I start throwing my stuff Right,
0: on. yes. Yeah. You distance a little bit now. Yeah, give it a little distance. I, I understand
1: that. Between my toilet paper and your meat.
0: Right. Well, because, uh, honestly, if they're just putting their stuff or just finished putting your stuff on, and you're crowding up right behind them, ready to slam that down, mm. you know, nudging it up against the grapes. <laughs> 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 that's, that's a little too close. Stay yeah. away from my grapes. Be my grapes, me. I, uh, boy,
1: I get so frustrated at the, uh, the grocery checkout. Especially with the seniors. And listen, God bless them. You know, like I've said before, I want to be one one day as well. Right. But they cannot pull it together. They, like, you know, you you take up your, first of all, they, I believe there's a lot of uh, just um, acting going on here. Where they, they try to play a tad confused. Right. So they'll take like 13 items into the eight item checkout. Gotcha, yeah. Or they'll just dawdle around looking into their purse or wallet for their discount cards and whatever else and they, they, and then you'll see and especially during covid remember when you remember back in the days kids when we had to line up to get into a grocery store uh-huh they, they'll they'll act confused they'll go in through the exit because they want to avoid the line right yeah and then i see them sprinting to their car
0: after <laughs> like an olympian <laughs> But uh, by people at the... the, the It's not just a senior thing. I am frustrated by people who are just not ready Mm. for whatever it is they're about to do. Right. Right. Like, I'm continually amazed when I go to get gas that people, it's like they've discovered the pump for the first time. (laughs) Like, you drove a car there. Obviously, you've gotten gas at some point in your life before. Yeah. And as far as I know... Going from station to chase station doesn't change the process up all that much. You know, unless, you know, okay, you go to Costco, you got one other card perhaps, the element of the membership card to put right. in first. But, you know, they'll stare at that screen like it's directions for a missile launch. Like, it, it it's pretty simple stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, what drives me crazy, and I've seen this at Costco more than other places because you've got so many people online, line is the people who will go to a pump and they'll haul the whole hose and nozzle over oh, to the, the other. pull across. Because they want to go to a pump with less cars. Sorry, if your gas tank is on the left or the right, you go to that right.
0: tank. Right. You go to that pump. Yeah, I, I'm not so annoyed by that. It's more if they stand in the middle next to the pump so that people can't actually drive through right, and get yeah. by them. I find that quite uh, disruptive. It is getting to the point now
1: with gas. It's like a buck ninety nine this morning. Like literally, the idea as the summer comes, if you were planning some kind of road trip, right? You know, a lot of time people will hop in the car and go out to the East Coast or something. Yeah, it's ju- it's just not doable. Yeah,
0: and, you know. Well, I mean, you look at the cost of a flight versus the cost of driving there, yeah. and it's it's they're they're getting closer and closer yeah. together.
1: No, for sure. It's interesting too how it'll uh, play out if this continues on with like rental cars and even with um, like how to cabs and Uber drivers. How are they all dealing with it, right? Any business certainly if you own a fleet of vehicles, if you own some sort of uh, well, I guess Amazon is a great example with all the delivery packages and right, stuff, right? Yeah. Any of the uh, any of the work they uh, contract out to uh, to uh, delivery companies. I'm sure these delivery companies are upping their costs well I mean. and it'll
0: come back to you too obviously mm. it's going to go back to the the, the end result of course. will be the consumer will pay for it yeah but oh man and, and yeah we're filling up our small vehicles like you know you look at people with trucks and oh I know two three hundred and four hundred dollars a week they're spending in gas it's crazy
1: yeah it really is insane and it doesn't look like it's letting up
0: anytime soon as you said in the news going up another five cents yeah as we head towards the May 2 Yeah, you know again it's, all, it's a war in Ukraine yeah Let's go with that. Well,
1: supposedly, and, you know, uh, in Norway, I I saw somebody post the other day, and Norway, if I look at the map, seems to be a little closer uh, to that part of the world
0: than us. It's over $3 a liter. You know what? And uh, there's a question I had yesterday, because I notice now that the amount of electric vehicles mm -hmm. that are out on the roads, especially Teslas, Mm -hmm. tons of them, you can't help but notice. You see one almost every time you're out driving. You know, like, so we were up at the cottage. Mm. If I've got a Tesla, I've got to take it. Do, do I have to get a charging station, at like, everywhere you go? Like, you must be able to drive to other places. I don't know. You know, so there are uh, obviously charging stations along the road, mm-hmm. like a gas station where you can you can charge it up as you're going. But, you know, you drive somewhere, you know, spend a, a go to a buddy's place in, I don't know, Muskoka, mm-hmm. and they don't have one. You know, is is this something that you can just, you know, hook up to a 12-volt
1: battery? Or how the hell does this work? I don't know. And actually, speaking of the electric cars, somebody brought up a good point um, with them. Uh, And I don't know how the government would start maybe taxing this. But if you're driving an electric car, you're no longer contributing to the upkeep of the roads. Oh, right. Right? Because you're not paying Paying the the tax. Yeah. So I'm sure uh, the government will start to try to figure out a way to tax that. With more and more electric cars mm. being on the road? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh I'm just going back to the bicycle, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maria and I bought a tandem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <We> can't even <laughs> who's steering? Oh Come on. no, we're fighting the whole way on that thing as well. Tuned into the uh, Leaf game a little late last night. I thought it started at seven thirty, and it uh, started early. It started at seven. Uh, the Leafs. Wow,
0: you weren't the only one. The Leafs thought it
1: started at seven thirty too. Going to nine. And uh, and so uh, I switch over, and it's about three minutes in or five minutes in, and th- already three nothing. I said, "Well, this is not going well." But I I was happy because I. Um, Finally spotted John Tavares on the ice. Oh. In front of the net there once. Right. The camera is on the uh, beer sellers more than it's on John Tavares. It's like, uh, where's Waldo? Right. With this guy. It seems to me, and I could be wrong, you know more about this game than I do. He seems to be doing a disappearing
0: act in this first round of the playoffs. Well, listen, I, I think there's... There was a commitment to try and make things tough and physical mm. early on, and I think the the panel pointed it out in Hockey Night very well last night too. That that you know Sheldon Keefe starts his third line, mm. Uh, you know, and followed up with the Tavares line, the Matthews line. Didn't got until the third shift, mm. and and in some games, you know, game two where you get a five minute penalty early on in that that game, and, and Austin Matthews doesn't kill penalties. He's not on the ice very much. Tavares on a little bit more, uh but. You know, it's it's difficult to find that chemistry, and it's amazing how the Leafs haven't found that with all the success they had down the stretch where they knew they were already in a great position. They were just mm-hmm. playing for, for individual stats at that point. That's where that chemistry needed to be found, and they're still searching for it on certain lineups now.
1: Yeah, and... uh I don't know if it was uh, Campbell's uh, I think everybody uh, failed. Defensively, they failed. Offensively, obviously, they failed. You can't put all the uh, the loss on Campbell, and uh, he got yanked. I thought it was good that to him and uh, uh,
0: the coach were having the conversation there. It wasn't just like he yanked him and sat him. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it seemed like Jack Campbell really wanted to stay in the game. They mm-hmm. did it during a TV timeout when they put the cameras back on. You can see it was, it was a... You know, Pretty long, drawn out conversation. There's no yelling or, or heated or anything. I mean, think you're just both kind of explaining their their thought on it. And in the end, Keefe won and Shogren went in. And they focus on game five. Right now, it becomes every game's the most important game. Sure. <laughs> you realize in these playoff series, you never want to lose one. But game five, things really turn on this because someone after Tuesday night, tomorrow night, will face their first elimination game.
1: So um, they come back to Toronto. Are they back and forth now? Or are they two yeah, in back Toronto? and Toronto? Okay, all right. So, we said at the beginning that uh, if it
0: went seven, that it might be trouble for the Leafs. Um, I think we both called Leafs in six. We did, so. Yeah. Uh, Someone's going to win two straight at some point in this series.
1: I don't think the Leafs are winning two straight. I think it will go seven. There's certainly, uh, I I haven't, I got a foot dangling off the uh, bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you told me I can't jump on I think you were even allowed on. No, yeah. you, no, you let me on. Okay. You did, because I, I said I would watch right from the beginning, and right. I have hung in for
0: every game. Yes. Well, see, because the problem is, you're one of these career bang- bandwagon jumpers where you are ready to bail in a second and yell back, I told you so, to everyone <laughs> who's on that bandwagon. <laughs> and in Leaf Country, there are a lot of those, mm-hmm. right? The, the people who are jumping on, but they're not full bore jumping on. They kind of just... They kind of just sat on the edge of the bandwagon or maybe getting dragged along on the bandwagon, but they're ready to jump off and say, I told you to so to all those people who were on it.
1: So uh, as a big Leaf fan, as as a hockey fan, so there must be two sides of you, I would think. There is the Leaf fan, yes, they can win this thing, and then is there the realistic or do you still sense they can do it or do you think they're really up against it and chances are they won't?
0: Uh no, I still get the the feeling that this team is better than the way that they played in okay. their two losses. Um, you know, and and to be honest, you know, Tampa as good as they have looked, don't look like the dominant team that they were for the past couple of years. There there are there are some cracks, mm. uh, you know, small cracks. In that armor, and so it's not like it's impenetrable. The problem is, is that you've got to put it together, uh, and for two straight games here, if you want, if you're the Toronto A Leafs, I don't think you want to go to Game Seven. And I've said it all along: the way this the Eastern Conference played out, the way that the NHL has looked in terms of its parity this year, there couldn't be a tougher year for the Leafs. So if you want to say the Leafs are a Stanley Cup winning team. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be a tougher path to get there than this one. I will
1: say it was funny when the camera kept going on the uh, the backup goaltender for the Leafs, and he looked very much like I did on my wedding day. Just <laughs> completely <laughs> panicked, like, oh, no, this is really happening? <laughs> the average college university student expects to score a six-figure salary right after graduation. Right. But that overshoots the actual starting pay by more than 50 Gs. The actual starting salary is in touch around 50 grand. I've always thought that any full-time job should start at at least 50 grand a year. That you know, And that, even in today's world, isn't necessarily a livable right, salary. Yeah. And, uh, and as much as, okay, they're wrong, they're not, they're not going to land six figures out of the gate. Again, with the cost of things these days, you know, a college student, a university student, maybe a vet, would like to get married in the next little while, would like to maybe buy a house. You need six figures. Right. So it's not unrealistic to want that because you need that nowadays to do anything. But, uh, but it is uh, kind of funny that they just think because they're coming
0: out of school, they're going to land six figures out of gate. Well, I mean, you know, and when you look at the cost of going to you know, especially university, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, the higher education field. You're, you're, you know, families are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. to get that degree and then coming out and, and, and not getting the hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars back right away. I'm still paying off my Humber
1: College radio program. <laughs> <laughs> here's the difference uh, in how the world works from from then. And I went to Humber in the early 90s, I guess. Um I think a semester was like eight hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, borrow, I I I didn't even have eight hundred bucks. I got it from OSAP. Right. And I went to uh Maria and I went to Mexico on it. <laughs> <laughs> we called it OSAP, we called it the Ontario Student Nacapoco Plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and now my boys, uh my eldest went to the University of Windsor and my youngest went to Ryerson, and I think both of them were around. Twenty to thirty a semester. I'm sure it was about forty forty thousand. No, that man. That maybe was overall. Overall, yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe
0: ten a year, something like that.
1: Yeah, or ten a
0: semester. Or 10. right. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I remember at uh, Daniel's graduation, somebody handed him his diploma and said to me, "There's your forty thousand dollars certificate." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. Plus expenses.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, like I said to my boys. Uh, I know you you uh, when you when you went to university your father wanted you to stay in in residence and all of that. I looked at it differently because I was paying for it and I mm. said, well, uh, I'll pay for your education, but if you decide you want to pack up and go to a school somewhere then that's on you and you'll have to figure out how you're going to pay for for residence. Right. I'll I'll pay for the education, but you you pay for the party bus. <laughs> that's not on me. But yeah, it's uh it's incredibly tough. And look, I and I and I can't imagine um you know, things changing all that much in, in, in regards to the cost of living. Gas a buck ninety four this morning when I came into work, I almost piled into the gas station. I was in such shock and they say it's gonna be up over two bucks by the time the, the summer arrives. Yeah, well by May two, four could be yeah it's crazy and and as much as interest rates are going up a bit i you know you don't you, you see housing sales slowing down, but the price of them isn't necessarily coming down mm-hmm. so uh people are people are hooped you're just literally well, I have my eldest who's he's twenty eight this year and his girlfriend the same. They both have jobs she's a teacher full time and uh he's getting paid pretty well from this company out of England. They're living in my house. Yeah. They can't afford to, to move on. Right. You know, when Maria and I got married, I think we made like 40 grand between the two of us, but we could still afford a house. Mm. It's brutal. It's brutal for young people. But my house is still worth a million dollars, <laughs> so <laughs> screw y'all. It is rock mornings, and look who joins us. It's Ted Reeder for Holinda's Meets. Good morning, Ted.
0: Good morning, Craig. How are you? Good morning, Lucky. Oh, good morning, Teddy. How are
2: you? I'm vertical.
1: <laughs> I was uh, on Instagram, as I am quite a bit, taking a look at uh, all the stuff you post there, and it really is
0: food porn on Teddy's Instagram account. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking right now. It's like 3D rib steak where you can, like, move the steak around.
1: Oh, really? Going, yeah. How does that work? On Te- I didn't see that on yeah. Ted's account.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's back from a little while ago. Okay. Did back in, like, January.
1: Well, so I'm looking, and he has this um, pic of a hot dog that he made. What I thought was on Mother's Day, and I f- at first was going to say Ted. All you did was make your mother a hot dog, <laughs> right. but of course Ted does a hot dog in a whole different way. And no, this wasn't from Mother's Day. This was from uh, some time back with your uh, with your grilling show on uh, YouTube, Ted.
2: Yes, yes, uh, Godfather the Grill on uh, on my YouTube channel, Ted Reader. And uh, it was a hot dog, and it was it's was kind of a fun hot dog. I actually did do hot dogs yesterday for Mother's Day, <laughs> um, and and veal burgers. Uh, that's what that's what my bride wanted, so that's what we we did. Wow, a veal and, burger! Uh, All right, yeah, it was okay. good. But uh, we we fired up a pit. So I, when it comes to a hot dog, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it. And the easiest way is not to screw it up by burning it. Mm. So turn the heat down, first rule. Okay. Okay? You don't have to cook hot dogs on high. They cook a lot better on medium. I like to take a knife, and I like to score the dog a little bit in a diamond pattern. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. It just opens it up a bit. You get a little bit of crispy bits on the outside, and you get more flavor coming from the inside of the dog. Um little trick for you, when you open your hot dog package and take them out of the package, take a paper towel and wipe all the excess moisture off the hot dog.
1: Okay.
2: All right? Why is that? Gets <clears throat> well, you don't need to have that water on there on the outside, so it adds moisture and it starts to bubble up and the that water that's on there boils first, okay. and then you start to burn the dog in that spot.
1: Oh, okay. All
2: right. And you oh. don't want any of that packaging moisture on there. It's it's got. There's always a little bit of extra liquid in there. There's some sodium and stuff like that. And just clear it off. Yeah. Makes Same. it easier to work with. Same. With Anything bacon, you right? take out of a package, you should remove any excess moisture with paper towel.ing All
1: right. Very good.
2: All right. So then the hot dogs went onto the grill, and if they're really big hot dogs, I like to skewer them all together, space them a little bit apart, and then you only have to turn one dog instead of twelve. Mm.
1: Okay,
2: that makes you know, sense, yeah. yeah. all right, Right, that's smart. And then <clears throat> my little thing about hot dogs is I love peanut butter. So you toast your buns, you spread the peanut butter all over the top of the hot dog. And then I take a mixture of diced red onions and white onions and fire-roasted chilies, whatever kind of chilies you like. I know they're for Lucky. Uh, You wouldn't put chilies because you're afraid of them. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, you open a refrigerator door and there's a bottle of hot sauce in there. You start to cry. (laughs) I've seen them. (laughs) I do.
1: It's true. Right?
2: Yeah. And so, and then I put those chilies and onions on top. And then a layer of cheese, and then I close the lid and I let this get all cheesy and bubbly. Mm. And then you put them on a bun, and that's it. With peanut, peanut butter on the hot onions, dog. And don't forget a little drizzle of mayo.
1: Wow. huh? Yeah, so peanut yeah. butter is your main condiment when it comes to a hot dog, not ketchup, not mustard.
2: God, no. You never put ketchup on a hot dog. Mm. What's wrong with you?
1: Well, there's a lot wrong with me, Ted.
2: Oh, no ketchup <laughs> on hot dogs. Do you know that it's illegal? <laughs> It's against the law in Chicago. Is it really? To put ketchup on a hot dog.
1: Do, do you like ketchup on anything
2: or are you just anti ketchup? I'm anti ketchup.
1: No, okay, that's fine.
2: Yeah, I'm not a ketchup guy. I like them for french fries and grilled cheese sandwich. That would be about it. Yeah. Okay. Now, how. But if there's like hot sauce instead of ketchup, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Now, um,. How do you feel about the uh, the steamed hot dog or the boiled hot dog? It's very much a, a Quebec thing, right? The uh,
2: not not a problem. I'll hog. enjoy a good steamed dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. a boiled dog, especially if you boil it in beer. Oh come Sometimes on. Sometimes you, you can bo- boil it whoa, even whoa, in whoa. ginger ale.
0: Whoa 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 whoa! Stop <laughs> stop the press for a second here because all of us are like you know boiling in in this crazy ugly hot dog water mm. that we're getting to the end of it. You're what
2: beer are you using to boil a hot dog in, Ted? Just a nice pilsner, you know, just a nice and easy beer out of the fridge. Cold, crack it, take a sip, check that it's okay, pour it in a pot. Right? Right. Throw in a little bit of water, right? If you want to put some other flavorings in there, why not enhance your hot dog? Right. You can also take an injection syringe and inject your hot dog down the middle with a little bit of shot of Jack Daniels if you like.
1: Okay. That's interesting. Did you also say you could boil it in ginger ale? Yes! Wow.
2: Yeah, or Dr. Pepper, whatever turns you on.
0: <laughs> You're a mad scientist,
2: Ted. You're a mad
0: scientist. Don't serve the beer after you boil the hot dogs in it, though, I'm
2: pretty sure. No, 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 right. no. You've got to cool that down, and yeah. then you chug it back. <laughs> it's a whole new flavor. I don't know. Some craft brewer out there will make one of those, Probably. the hot dog beer. Coming down the pipeline.
1: That is brilliant. I, I have to try it. I, I've never even... Not... Not once in my life have I ever thought I should boil beer. Well, because you've never opened a beer and not just put it straight down your gullet. That's true. That's true. It seems like a waste of a beer. All right, Ted, if people want to talk to you about hot dogs or this veal burger, we'll have to get to that another time, too. That seems intriguing.
2: Uh, How can they get a hold of you, pal? You're going to find me uh, uh, (laughs) in the social media world, at Ted Grills or at Ted Reader Barbecue, the joint. And we are opening, opening soon on uh, Thursday, May 19th. That's our opening day for the joint. Come on out.
1: Beautiful. Actually, I drove by uh, yesterday on my way up to Lake Ridge. We were playing some golf, and uh, I saw you got the bar all set up and the chairs are all set up. So it's just a matter of time now. We'll be sitting outside around your grill at El Dorado Golf Course.
2: That's for sure. We'll be out there this week. We're running, uh, we're running training with the staff, and we're, we're testing our Pete wood-fired pizzas and brisket and burgers and getting the menu all in shape for this year, and we're going to have a great time out of the joint Thursdays through Sunday. And uh, it's beer, barbecue, cold beer, uh, and golf. Don't forget that. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and, and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 mm-hmm. The Rock.